Before I go into the sermon today, just a nice little reminder. Today is the last day that you can sign up for the Right to Life uh, newspaper ad that is on the uh, bulletin board. Uh, so uh, if you want your name in the newspaper, today is the last day you can do that. So. Christmas Eve came and is, has left, and uh, I think the most memorable thing about Christmas Eve was this young mother came in and brought her twin daughters in, and I wish you could have seen what I saw. Uh, they look like they're two-year-olds, but they're actually three, and they came, they came in the Christmas Eve service wearing their... Uh, uh, what do you call that? Fr I call it frilly dresses. And they're nice little boots. And they were holding their little dollies. And they came in the church and back there, and the first thing they said was, Wow! They were so excited about being here. And I think about that, how many times do you wish that we had that same awe when we come into the presence of who God is? I mean, when you really think about just how big and awesome God is, it, it is a very humbling, humbling thought that goes into our, our mind. I, I came across this scripture passage this week. It's one of those scripture passages, you know what I mean, when you, when you read the Bible and 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 then you read it again, and then you read something you never read before. You, you, I mean, you can read the whole Bible, but then all of a sudden something comes out at you that you've never saw before. And it comes from Proverbs chapter 30, verse 18. There are three things that are amazing to me. Four that I do not understand. The way an eagle is in the sky... The way a snake is on a rock, and the way of a ship on the high seas, and a way of a man is with a young woman. And, and I, I thought about that. I said, what are the three or four things that amaze me? That I'm in awe every time that I see it. And the first one is the birth of a baby. Uh, that's for me, of course, I'm a guy. It just, it's just an amazing, amazing event. The next one is a baby nursing. Have you noticed I'm focusing on children? Uh, when, a, when a baby, it, it, I mean, how, how do they know that? I mean, they know they're hungry, but how do they know how to nurse? And then I think the the most beautiful thing that I, I ever see is a baby that's sleeping, that's dreaming that they're nursing. I, I think that's the most one of the most beautiful things you could ever see. The next one is the universe and its vastness. And just how big the universe is. And, and of course, you know it's infinite, and it, it just keeps on... I mean, it's just there, and, and the stars, and the planets, and the solar systems, and all those things that are there, and yet 
What's hard to comprehend is that it was created by Almighty God. It just didn't happen. It was, it was a design behind it. And then the fourth thing is Christmas. Where this all-powerful God who created the heavens and the earth and things that we can't even comprehend became a man and spent time with us. This, this God who created stars that are Trillion times bigger than our earth. Humiliated himself and implanted himself in an ovum of a woman that's the size of a, the thickness of a human hair. And, 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 and allowed himself to start growing one cell at a time. For nine months, until it was time to be born in Bethlehem, uh, born of a virgin, and spend time with us. And so this sermon, what I want to do is I want to look at the miracles of Christmas and just how awesome it is when you think about what God did. Because so many times we, 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 we think of the manger scene of a, of a father and a mother and a baby that's put into a, a feed trough and yeah okay we can comprehend the fact that God implanted himself in a woman and Joseph really wasn't needed we we can comprehend that fact but we we sometimes we forget about what the true mystery and the true awesomeness of the incarnation and of Christmas actually is So I have three miracles of Christmas that I think are awesome. And the first one is, is that the Creator became created and depended on the created. I know that, that seems a little bit uh, kind of a tongue twister, but here we have Jesus, the Creator of the heaven and the earth, because John chapter 1 comes right out and says it. The Creator of the heavens and the earth, and, and yet... He became dependent upon a woman and dependent upon things that he actually created. Go to Luke chapter 2. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. It was the first census that took place while Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
And there were shepherds living out of the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Every Christmas, we read the Christmas story, and when my children were younger, they soon found out which Christmas stories were the shortest. So then they would say, read Matthew chapter 2, and then they realized that John chapter 1 is also the Christmas story. And so then they say, Dad, read John chapter 1. Because in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So John talks about the Christmas story, and he's saying, it talks about the preexistence of Jesus. It talks about that all things were made through Him. That means everything this earth was made through Jesus, the heavens and the earth, the stars and all that there is was made through Jesus. And nothing was made except through him. I was trying to find the largest thing in the universe. And I, I came across a star that is uh, known as a massive red supergiant. And I'm not going to try to say it, but it's Y, or it's U-Y, another word, S-C-U-T-I, is the name of it. It is about 750 million miles wide. All right? So that means that the sun, our sun, is one inch Okay, one inch wide, that that sun will encompass 11,837 miles. Almost twice the circumference of the earth at one inch. You could fit... 489 trillion Earths in the volume of that star. And you're saying, how big is a trillion? Well, if you take a $1 bill and you put it on top of each other, a trillion is from the Earth to the Sun. So imagine going from the Earth to the Sun 400 times. That's how big this star is. Or going to if the earth was one inch, it would be going to the moon and back 250 times. It's massive. And yet the Bible says that all things were created through him and that Jesus was involved in the creation because he's deity, he is God. And yet God digressed himself. 
And in some respects, even though I can't explain it, but shrunk himself to the size of a human hair and implanted himself in the womb of a woman and then allowed the cells to start forming one cell at a time, one after another. For nine months the process continued until eventually it was time and he allowed himself to go through the birth canal of a woman become dependent upon the mother's milk, not able to control his bowels, cannot walk, cannot talk. The creator became dependent upon the created. In London, when the queen decides to take a trip, She takes 400 or she takes 4,000 pounds of luggage with her, including two outfits for every occasion, a mourning outfit, mourning as far as crying outfit, in case there is someone dies, 40 pints of plasma, white kid leather toilet seat covers. She brings along her own hairdresser, two valets, and a host of attendants. A brief visit of the royal family to the United States can cost $20 million. In meek contrast, God visited the earth. That took place in an animal shelter with no attendance. No one there to, and nowhere to lay the newborn king except in a feed trough. And yet this event is what divided history. I don't care what the liberal professors do at our universities. And changing A.D. to B.C. from A.D.E. to B.C.E. Whatever they do, it still points back to the date of Jesus' birth. You ain't going to stop it. And yet that is what causes the division of our history. What a miracle. What a miracle. The second miracle of Christmas is the cross. You cannot look at the baby in the manger without thinking of the cross. Because Jesus came for a reason. And that reason was to die for our sins. There's a few times in modern history where babies are born for a purpose. In Australia, there was a child that was born so they could get the bone marrow from that child to save the life of another child in the family. I know that's happened in the United States. Am I condemning it? No, I am not. But that makes me think of what Jesus did because Jesus came and Jesus came for a purpose. And his purpose was to die on the cross so that we could live forever with him. So that our sins would be taken care of. 
And so 33 and a third years later, Jesus hung on the cross. This baby that we worship now and that we adore now is on the cross dying slowly for us. Jesus came in some respects to give us that bone marrow transplant. That spiritual transplant that we so need. And so the miracle of Christmas is that that, that word God with us. That, that Jesus came to be with us for a little while before he died on the cross. That word Emmanuel comes out, which is God with us. I'm going to just be very honest with you. This has been a very rough year at Mount Tabor in many ways. The coronavirus, some of us have lost very dear loved ones unexpectedly. The key and the important statement that I want to make is this. Irregardless of what has happened in your this past year, God is with you. You have not been left alone. In those joyous times of celebration of those who've given their lives to Jesus, God is with you. In those dark times when you, you don't even know what Tomorrow will bring God is with you. He has not left you. Even when you feel like you're on the cross, you're not alone. God is with you. Through the cross, through the, 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 the forgiveness, forgiveness of our sins, God came to this earth to be with humanity and God is still with you through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is still with you even today. The third miracle of Christmas. Our transformed lives. I don't know if you remember when the, the, the first heart transplants were starting. But, but I, I remember when I was growing up in the 1970s. And, and I, I remember when... Um, they were announcing in, in Fort Wayne that they were getting ready to do the first heart transplant in Fort Wayne. And this was before cell phones, and this was before pagers, and this was before all this stuff. And, and I remember when um, Fort Wayne Channel 33 interrupted their broadcasts and said, we are desperately trying to find so-and-so so that he can get to the hospital, and I believe it was Lutheran, I'm not 100%, get to the hospital because we have a heart ready for him right now. I remember that. The, the, the thing about heart transplants is the fact that your old heart is dying or if not dead. See, the first heart transplant was performed by Dr. Christine 
Bernard. And he transplanted a human heart into Dr. Philip Blaggard. After the surgery, Bernard carried the old heart in a plastic box and showed it to his patients. The two physicians sat in the hospital bed examining the scars and the thickening of the dead, useless heart. And Dr. Bernard looked at Dr. Blaggard and said, Do you realize you're the first man in history in all of mankind to sit and to look at your own dead heart? Jesus came to transform lives of people and to give them a spiritual heart that will last for an eternity. There's an individual from Cary, Ohio, that he was diagnosed with cancer, and a pastor went and visited him, and he gave his life to Jesus at that point. He called up his son that lived in St. Louis and said, I just want to let you know that all is okay with me. I, I am a Christian now, and I gave my heart to Jesus. And the, and the son didn't believe it. He says, I, I will not believe this until I travel up and see my, my father. And, and so he actually drove to Cary, Ohio. And he, he sat there, he went and he talked to his father. And he, he left his father's house and he said, my dad is truly a Christian. Because he is, his heart is changed. That's what the heart transplant is all about. That's what the heart transformation is all about. Where the old is gone and the new has come. Where, where Ebenezer Scrooge has this life-changing event to where he's saying bah humbug all the time to now where he's giving. A transplant where you're changed and, and, and you're not the same. The Church of America and the Western Church has done a disservice in the last 50 or 60 years. Because we have said over and over again, pray the prayer and you've given your life to Jesus. That's all you need to do is pray the prayer. And there's nothing here about a heart transplant. And so now we're seeing churches that are filled with spiritually dead people because they have not realized the importance of the transplant that comes from the cross, from the baby that was in the manger, that was the creator of the universe. If you've given your life to Jesus, you should not be the same. Your love and your focus is on Christ. And if you continue in a life of sin, the Bible says is that you're putting the one that you say that you love on the cross all over again. It's like putting Polly on the cross because she's the one that I love and saying, you know what, I'm going to put you to public shame. No. It is a change. It is a transplant that comes. Jesus came to transform lives and to give them a spiritual heart that will last for eternity. And Jesus, because he did that, he gave us the example. He gave us the example of humility where God became man, spent time with us, and, and di digressed himself to the point of being a human being. We should follow the same humanity that Jesus has. I, I'm not humanity, humility that Jesus has. Humble yourself and allow God to change you. So the Bible says, 
There are three things that are too amazing for me and four that I do not understand. How an eagle, this becomes my paraphrase because I want to bring more depth to it. How an eagle flies in the sky. How a snake splitters on a rock. How a ship is pushed in the high seas by the wind. And how a young married couple become one. See, the awe of the Christmas miracles are so amazing to think. The awe of the incarnation where God became a man. See, that's why we come and worship him. We worship him because when we truly understand how awesome the incarnation was who God is, who Jesus is, and the fact that he came to this earth and he humbled himself so much, you can do nothing but worship him. The awe of the cross where God became man and he knew his son, he knew Jesus was going to go on the cross. And Jesus knew he was going to go on the cross. And yet he did it anyway. He did it anyway for those that he loved. Many of you know that we came back from Korea here about three weeks ago. It was almost a, two years of trying to get to Korea to see my daughter and my grandchildren. We had to fill out paperwork this thick, and I'm not exaggerating, this thick. We had to go through eight coronavirus tests between the two of us. We had to cancel our flights three times all that why would I do it just for any person no I did it because I love my daughter and I love my grandchildren would I do it again yes and that's how I think Jesus was I did it because I love my children you would you do it again yes because I want to be God with us, with you. And then lastly, the transformed lives. He, he gives us a new heart where we're not the same anymore. And that's why we worship him. Matthew chapter 2. I want to talk about the Magi for 10 seconds here. The Magi saw the star they had seen and it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down to worship him, and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now these wise men gave the Creator back that which was already his. But they gave the best that they could think of to him. I hope I challenged you today to think of the awesomeness of who God is. And my last challenge is this. Is what gifts are you going to give the creator? The creator of the universe. You, 
Or maybe the little drummer boy song where he gave his only gift, which was banging a drum. What are you going to give? Maybe it's your life because you haven't truly given your life to Jesus. Today's the day. They came and they gave gold, myrrh, and frankincense to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let us pray. Father, we do pray that, Lord, during this Christmas season, we'll totally try to understand the magnificence and the awesomeness of the Incarnation. Help us to hold fast. Help us, O oh Lord, to give our lives back to you as we live in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, If any of you would like to have prayer today, the elders will be at each corner of the church. And just feel free to come forward and Let us come and pray for whatever need you might have. Maybe it's a praise of joy. Feel free to come.